0: Hey, here is me again, uh, Miloš is reporting for podcasting duty. Uh, a lot of crazy things happened in recent months. Uh, I got a new role. Uh, I'm no longer a scout contributor for new basketball generation. Uh, Which uh, came out of the blue because of my new position uh, in octagon uh, more precisely octagon basketball Europe and uh, So a lot of things happened in the meantime, so a lot of changes a lot of work a lot of uh, Stuff to be done. So of course naturally I didn't have enough time to do the podcast or to be completely honest I didn't know uh, what should I talk about because in the light of my new position I have different uh, kind of uh, responsibilities and it's a completely new thing for me so of course uh, now I am invested in a way that probably people will think of me as biased. So I'm not sure if uh, they listened or read or thought about my uh, stuff seriously before. But now of course, it will be all perceived in light. Of my new job, so I'm completely aware of that. That is not a problem for me. So, of course, I will not talk about things that overlap with my job because that's not professional and it's not professional uh, for me, it's not professional for uh, the company, and it's also not professional towards the Competition. It, it's strange for me to say something like that, but in truth, it is. So there, there will probably be, there will probably be a lot of restrictions, and I'm not sure that is something people like to hear. But I think that, in all honesty. I should just put that as some kind of a disclaimer that people should be aware of Uh, of course i'm completely aware that not a lot of people listen to this and when i say not a lot of people i think how many five six maybe ten if we if we make it to ten then it's a big success for this podcast Uh, i would love to be joking but i'm not And of course, that that was also not one of my goals when I started to do this. Of course, I wanted to try myself in this kind of medium. I've done podcasts in the past, but in Serbian. So it's a lot harder to do that in English. And it's a way for me to practice uh, my uh, English uh, basketball sports, uh, etc. Vocabulary, and to find the best way possible to express myself, to express my thoughts, uh, my views about basketball in general. So that part will not be uh, will not be restricted because I love. To talk about basketball in general. So I will continue to do that without maybe mentioning uh, as much names as I did before. But of course, if we talk about uh, basketball philosophy, if we talk about training, if we talk about tactics or whatnot, uh, I think that there are a lot of topics in basketball that. Uh, can be can be touched and that uh, it could be talked about them so I think that I will not have problems with that especially because I can talk and talk and talk and go on and on about basketball for a lot of time so that will not be a problem for me so, there are reasons. If you're listening for the first time, there are le- there are reasons why it is called a one-man slow. It's because I wanted it to be slow, to to be just uh, to have that kind of rhythm that you can uh, listen it while you're, you're doing something or while you're relaxing, preferably. So it is not meant to have a, a fast pace and it's not meant to be entertaining in that sort of way so it's just a thought it's, ju- it's just thoughts of one man who loves the game as much as i love it so uh, it was a crazy summer for me personally but you don't care about that nor should you uh, it was also crazy summer of basketball for everyone involved so we had that part of the NBA free agency which was completely uh, changed landscape in comparison to recent years because of the new salary cap and we had a lot of deals Maybe some of those deals were crazy. Maybe they they were not uh, my thoughts on that matter are uh, you know in future uh, we will establish uh, values that will go and for a certain type of player and for a certain role he is expected to play uh, in this Uh, crazy summer we had major rise in salary cap so we had a lot of teams that wanted to make themselves better so I think that probably in that wish to uh, become better uh, as soon as possible they probably reached for players at higher prices than they should have uh, been. So everybody basically used their uh, position because a lot of teams that would not have salary cap uh, in different circumstances now had the salary cap. Uh, They had free space so they could have signed players. And I think they used that. Also, the players and the agents, of course, used that to their advantage. And they made sure they signed the best possible deals for them for the future. So I think it's a a situation that shouldn't be looked at just uh, uh, from that perspective that, the contracts were extremely high because of course that is true but uh, it's I think that it is much more complicated than that and teams got better you know most of the teams uh, they got better at a steep price of course but you know we'll see how it will go on in the future we've had a lot of situations where teams didn't want to risk, didn't want to invest in in their free agents, Uh, they wanted to build for a future with uh, making sure they have enough cap space, picks, etc, etc, and then you know uh, injuries come or a certain uh, player leaves uh, with free agency, so all of those building blocks all of those plans just go away so sometimes it's better to go for it in, in one summer of course that is not a viable plan if we're talking about uh, five years span ten years span of course ten year span is too much but let's say three years to five years span if we talk about that of course it's better to have space but you know the problem is you just can't know if you will sign a player you want to sign the next summer okay you will have cap space for example let's look at teams that uh, looked at this particular summer as their go-to summer for for cap space and signing free agents because of the the rise of the salary cap they could uh, a lot of teams which didn't uh, which, uh, which, wasn't, uh, which weren't projected uh, to have uh, cap space, uh, all of a sudden had it. And all of those teams that planned for this summer to have uh, cap space so they can sign uh, the best free agents on the market had a lot more competition than they uh, planned for, hoped for, wished for whatever you want to put it so sometimes along the way things change and all of your plans all of your plans that you had before uh, just uh, don't make sense anymore so in that light I understand some of the GM's who wanted to make this summer uh, the, the summer of improvement in terms of taking some risks because you just had to do it you have to do it and of course there's also that factor of uh, of having stars, uh, stars free agent going to certain teams and we cannot say that it is a fair playing field in terms of Uh, the probability that star free agents will go to to some smaller markets of course there is a chance for them to retain their stars but if you're talking about smaller uh, markets and uh, teams uh, which are not usually the big players in free agency uh, their potential to get star fee agents is pretty small so uh, they're left with draft picks which is okay and they're left with overpaying uh, good very good excellent players uh, and giving them a star level contract so uh, if you say Oh, that player is vastly overpaid by them. I ask you, what would you do in their position? Because they cannot sign the star. Uh, okay, you have your young players, your your uh, potential stars in the future. But how you you need to improve your team right now because all of the other teams are getting better. And you have to go to playoffs or whatever the goal is uh, set by the president or the general manager if you're the coach of course it really depends on the dynamic of the team so you have to get better you have to play better you have to find a way to compete and what is your way what would you do? You will say, okay, I will wait for another two or three years, but what happens in those two or three years? Your uh, young players, if they are getting better, they will, of course, uh, be at the end of their rookie contract, so they will also uh, have to be signed for a maximum deal, or if they are, of course, that good, but their deals will also get bigger and you know at certain point you have to overpay. It's just the way the game is played it's just the natural uh, product of the market it's uh, the way the only way for them to get uh, very good excellent uh, level of players, so I would not jump the gun on on, on uh, judging those teams because you know it's always easy to look from it to look at it from the outside and to say, "Oh my God, he is not worth it," or "That player is not worth it." It's it's just the the law of the hot takes and probably the Uh, modern uh, era of social media and TV because everything is is, is being stopwatched so you have uh, 20 seconds or 30 seconds or a minute to say something and you need to be impressionable and you need to uh, make an impression at the audience so they will uh, react so they will tweet, so they will post a Facebook status about it, or even post a picture on Instagram. So it's just the world we live in, and because of that, a lot of uh, debate, a lot of good uh, thought about the process is left out because we all want to be uh, the fastest. Uh, in the in the game we all want to uh, tweet the best joke it's not that I want to be the guy who is uh, standing by the side and judging those who like to tweet because I myself am one of them so I'm judging if I am judging everybody else I'm judging myself also because I know Uh, how it is to to just get in that game without even understanding that you entered that playing field and you're trying to be fast, you're trying to be uh, interesting and sometimes you're rich so in that uh, way we all lose on the quality of debate and sports analysis uh, and I think that is one of the main reasons why people uh, ill-perceive uh, the choices coaches and general managers and presidents in NBA and in any other sport make because we all think from a, a far side that it's you know just a simple world where where two and two are equal four, but it's just not like that because we do not know uh, uh, the factors which uh, the the guys who make the decisions know. So we cannot know if something we thought of is even possible because uh, we cannot be sure that if we think that that deal or that player or that trade would be great we don't know if uh, some of those general managers try that and we don't know if there are reasons which are not public that are making it impossible to, to, to become reality so there are a lot of factors and I don't think uh, people understand that. I understand they exist. I don't know of them of course. I just understand that there is a completely different level of intel and inside knowledge uh, not reachable to me at this point in my life Maybe sometimes, maybe never, I don't know, but that there, there is that a level of clearance, you know, and it's very hard for those guys to 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 make their decisions especially in that kind of competition, and especially if they are in smaller markets and they do not have that kind of swag to to pull off major Pre agent signings in terms of uh, star potential, major in terms of dollars. Of course, everybody uh, who, who has cap space can make that, but they will not, they will sign a worse player for equal amount of money. So it's just like that, and the way NBA works. So, enough about that. So, I think it was very interesting. Uh, thing I think it will change the landscape of European basketball and world basketball more than it will change the landscape of NBA because uh, in the future when the cap stabilizes at certain point uh, we will of course contracts will be bigger but we will know how to to uh, make an estimate of what should be the contract of a role player what should be the contract of a player expected to start or a player expected to be in the contention for all-star or the superstar you know it will be all all that will be known so there will not be kind of reactions oh my god that guy got for million for four years or something like that we will know and it will be easier for uh, GM's and for uh, executives uh, and agents and players and everybody because everybody will know okay that's the going great uh, are you willing to pay that if you're not then there will be someone else who will and it will be much easier of course there will always be uh, better and worse contracts based on leverage uh, the experience of the agent the player the position the situation you know it depends on a lot of factors and of course those going rates will not be the same for for every player but we will have Uh, will have sense of what is reasonable and what is not so in the end it will be it will be uh, completely the same as it is now for the NBA and for the players but that kind of money and that kind of domination uh, in comparison to european basketball will lead to i personally believe a lot of players who are especially especially if some of uh, all that money goes to nba dl and if the contracts there get bigger i understand that those contracts will not get uh, I don't know that they will not probably pass 100 K but if they get just a little bit bigger and more reasonable I think that it will uh, it will make uh, the risk of playing there uh, smaller and I think that a lot of players will take smaller uh, paychecks from NBA DL in order to be closer to to NBA just for that hope to be signed from an NBA club for a seven day ten day uh, contract a month or to the end uh, till the end of the season so uh, right now we have extremely extremely small uh, NBADL contracts and we have better deals in Europe so if if a player is considering those two options he will say okay I have uh, an insignificant amount of money for me, waiting for me in NBADL and I have uh, more in Europe and if the difference is let's say three or four times player will probably not uh, go into that adventure of going to NBA DL especially if he is not a rookie if he's a rookie here it, it's a 50-50 situation but if he already played for three or four years in NBA DL to Even uh, he will want that money because you know uh, the the paycheck in NBA is not enough for them to cover their their living expenses. So, and in the future, if the the, the going rate in uh, NBA increases and if the contracts incre- if the contracts increase, we'll have a situation where It will be uh, financially uh, good for the players to take that risk because they will have more guaranteed and they will have that great fantastic opportunity to be signed uh, for a limited NBA contract and if they get signed they will get probably more money for that 10 contract month contract then they would get for entire year in Europe or uh, Latin America or Australia so that would be a complete game-changer this is a game changer because of course that a lot of players from Europe now will want to go to NBA because the difference between top European paychecks and the worst worst if I can say worst but I don't think that's the proper word but you understand what I want to say it's huge especially because there are not a lot of teams in Europe that can play those top European contracts so we will have more and more players at least wanting to try the NBA you know maybe not fully committing to that idea of, of playing in NBA but trying for a year or two because they will look at it and I agree they will not have anything to lose because even if they don't make it in the NBA recent history tells us that those players uh, are extremely wanted in Europe uh, when they decide to go back so they don't lose anything in the process and they have uh, that opportunity to gain a lot more so it will be interesting to follow that in the future we also had the Olympic tournament where Serbia played amazing basketball I was extremely uh, proud especially after two games first game that was just uh, a sort of an epiphany for me and the game where I think Serbia showed Uh, the best basketball in my recent memory there there were a lot of good results especially till the 2002 World Championship in Indianapolis but the way Serbia played that game against uh, USA in the group stage was something Uh, that basketball dreams are made of because of course after that horrific start uh, so because it was the way people here in Serbia perceive love and tend to play basketball I can't say play because a lot of players uh, just do not have that kind of uh, ability, skill, creativity, potential, but everyone here wants to play like that, to play with uh, that player, to play with that swag, to have that attitude that uh, they're not afraid of anyone and that they can match the opponent's athleticism with creativity, with team play, with superior uh, understanding of the team basketball and uh, with great movement and share, sharing the ball at one point and also with great individual uh, technical ability uh, and skills of course uh, we had an opportunity to watch Milos Teodosic do wonders with the ball and that assist was just that assist that wasn't assist in 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 the terms of statistics but I think that we all know uh, of which assist I'm talking about you know when you see that uh, done by a player from your country at that level against uh, the greatest uh, basketball country and force in the world you just cannot be anything else but proud at that moment and I really really was. Of course the, the second game I felt that was against uh, Australia in the semifinal. The group game was good. Of course Australia beat us because they were better. But in the semi-final it was a defensive rhapsody. If the, the group stage game against USA was an offensive display of Serbian talent, then the semi-final game against Australia was just the best defensive game of this generation for sure, and I think that it is the best defensive game in recent uh, history of Serbian national team basketball. The way a coach prepared the game, the way players executed the game plan, it was just uh, near perfection. And everything the team did in the offense was just a product of a great defensive uh, play, uh, discipline, and energy of course and intensity because in the group stage game Australia was a lot better in that way because they just out of the gun they were prepared for us they played a great game they were uh, more physical and I think that's probably uh, the thing that surprised Uh, Australians in the semi-final because in the group stage game uh, they were a dominant team if we talk about physicality but after the, the, the quarter-final win against Croatia which was I think a big emotional boost for the team they just ran on Australia and I think that they beat Serbia beat their demons against Croatia, their inner demons, you know, because it's always the the derby match of the Balkans, and you know, a lot of emotions are there for the both sides, and you know, either of those teams, Serbia or Croatia, which uh, won that game, I think they had a great chance against Australia, because, you know, if you ride that emotional high, it will get you far, and if you prepare good, as good as Serbia did for for that semifinal final game, I think that will get you great results, and in the end it did. We had a very strange American team, team that started off great, then had that period of time when they looked lost, but you know in the end it was never a question if they will win the tournament or not. There was that semi-final game against Spain where I thought Spain could pull off an upset, but they just uh, couldn't do it. I think it was the best opportunity for for any team in uh last twenty years to to beat USA but you know it, it just wasn't there. USA did enough. I think that is the best way to describe it enough. Because anytime every time spain tried to pull in closer or to even go for a lead usa did just enough to get them off and to establish a lead that, that will bring them to 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 close the game and to win and go to the final where they were completely uh, dominant against serbia and they it was just a blowout win and a deserved one for, for USA so I can say that it was a great tournament for them in the end, it wasn't a great tournament throughout and it was a great tournament of, of course for Serbia, it's a, a great thing and it's, it means a lot for my country to, to win an Olympic medal. Because ever since ever since add-ins, uh, we couldn't qualify for, for a basketball tournament. So it was huge for us to even qualify and then to go on and win a silver medal, it was an amazing experience. So all in all, that was everything I had to say about about the main things that happened this summer of course there are a lot of other things but the two main things were of course the NBA free agency and the Olympic basketball tournament I will not say I hope it wasn't too long because I know it's long it's the only way I'm able and I can do this. Thing. Uh, sorry if if that's not your cup of tea, but that's just the way I roll. So for this, I think third episode of my, my podcast. Uh, this is it, and I hope that I will uh, have more opportunities in the future, and I will make the and that I will make this a more regular thing because I really hate when I uh, start something and because of something else I can't just give it uh, enough time to make it regular and you know just to uh, just to have people who can uh, count on me producing these uh, podcasts in reasonable Period of time. So I will hope uh, that I will have enough time because I don't even know how much time will I have. But I will try to make this thing and to make it uh, at least uh, to make one a month at least, and if not more than that. So this is all for this for the episode, and I hope to see you you soon. Bye.